Hello and welcome to the Imagineer Podcast, your unofficial guide to all things Disney. I'm your host, Matthew Krull, and you're listening to episode 144 of the Imagineer Podcast. In today's podcast episode, we're going to kick off not surprising another two-part discussion because this topic is in-depth and while we did our best to keep it brief there was so much to discuss that we of course had to break this out into two podcast episodes and the topic at hand is the d23 expo 2022 i just returned from the trip to the anaheim area to visit the anaheim convention center for d23 expo i was fortunate enough to be invited as media so huge thanks to the d23 and disney team for inviting me out and had the privilege of attending so many different panels showcases and many other happenings around the show floor to experience what disney has in store to connect with disney fans and to get a closer look at some of the exciting projects that Disney, Marvel, Lucasfilm, Pixar, and so many other parts of the Disney brand are working on for the future of the parks, resorts, movies, and beyond. In today's podcast episode, we're going to recap all that we learned, and I'm also going to share some advice and strategies about D23 Expo. I received so many questions from many of you listening to the show about what the experience was like. So part one is actually going to cover more of the event experience itself and some of the things that you should keep in mind if you're planning to attend D23 Expo in the future, some of the takeaways we have and some advice that we would offer to those of you looking to attend D23 Expo in a future year. The end of the event, or the end of the podcast, I should say, I'll come back and tell you a little bit more about how you can connect with the Imagineer podcast on all your favorite social media channels and how you can help to inspire and create the future of this show. So grab some headphones, pull up your favorite armchair, and enjoy this episode of the Imagineer Podcast. Earlier this month, I had the amazing opportunity to attend D23 Expo for the first time. It was the first time back for Disney in three years, which was the longest stretch that we've gone without a D23 Expo. A lot of announcements, a lot of lessons learned, some changes for those who have been to D23 Expos in the past, and a whole lot of fun. So in this episode, we're going to recap our experiences at D23 Expo. And in order to do that, I thought I would invite someone onto the show who's been on the show many, many times, but who I had the chance to visit D23 Expo with, which is my cousin, Mike. Welcome back to the show, Mike. Thank you so much. And I do apologize for everyone on being on as a guest on the show for multiple times now. So I do. So- sorry about that. It's probably the least uh, listened to episodes of the Imagineer podcast. And I do apologize. Not at all. They're actually very, uh, <laughs> very downloaded episodes and get I get a lot of positive feedback, which is why I invite you back, because you always have a really great point of view and some uh, unique ideas and perspectives to share and because we know each other so well, it helps for a really fun discussion. So um, not too many times yeah, on the not show. Not that long. Not that long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
This episode's going to be a little bit different. I've done now two D23 Expo recaps, and in the past, I have gone down the list of here's an announcement, here's another announcement, here's another announcement. But you know what? There are so many accounts, articles, vlogs, you know, tons of content that you can watch already and listen to already that's going to give you every bit of information. And I think it's a little bit overwhelming and not necessarily, you know, um, that necessarily applies to everybody's interests. So instead, what we'll do today is one of the most common questions I received was how to go about preparing for D23 Expo in the future, in the past, you know, things that we took away from our experience and some of our favorite announcements and our experiences from the Expo itself. So that's how we'll approach it today. A little more casual. It's not going to be rapid fire where we're going to give 10 seconds to each announcement, but we'll elaborate on some of the ideas that and the announcements that we enjoyed the most um so let's start with planning then and then we'll get into some of the fun stuff and talk about our experiences at the expo but i think planning is so important mike i think the tickets went on sale if i remember and it was early in 2022 i don't remember the exact dates i think it was sometime in the spring um, I might, you know, someone listening might know better than I do, but how did you go about I think it was January? Actually, I think it was, was it January. It was, oh, you're right. I think it was. Yes. Yeah. I think it was in January. Yeah. It was, right. it was very early on. Yes, that's true. It was January. Um, so how did you go about actually selecting a ticket, um, planning for the trip? You know, what were some of the, the steps that you took to make sure that you had the chance to attend D23 Expo in the way that you wanted to attend it? Well, I will admit that uh, my wonderful brother was the one who actually helped me out on that one. Uh, he, uh, I like to do the planning on trips, but uh, my brother puts me to shame as far as the planning that's involved. But I will say that we uh, both became D23 Gold members, which we thought was very well worth it because we not only got a lot of benefits, but also got some discounts as well on the on the tickets. So that was the very first thing that we did. And then we also know because we've done so many uh, conventions at that size before, you really want to get tickets the day of the, they go into sale. You know, if you wait, wait any longer, like even within hours, you know, especially the three day passes will go. So you really want as soon as they announce when they're going to go on sale and what time, if all possible, trying to get everything ready to go, how you're going to pay for it, if you're going to be a D23 member, anything along those lines get that all taken care of ahead of time so that as soon as those go on sale, you're, you're ready to go. You just go in there and just go ahead and buy it. But I would not wait at all to get those tickets. Yeah. I waited in the virtual queue for the preferred seats. I told myself if I'm going to D23 Expo, I'm going to need to ensure that I am able to attend the panels I want to attend and that I'm going to get the best seat I can. And I also knew that I'm someone who does need sleep in order to perform at my best. I think that applies to most people in the world. So knowing that if I got a regular ticket, well, I'd still probably be able to attend all the panels I wanted to. I would also have to be up at 430, five o'clock in the morning every day to ensure I got to those major panels, having a preferred ticket while it was a more significant cost compared to regular three-day passes, I knew that would be the preferred way to do it. However, the preferred seats were limited to, I believe, only a 1,000 people. And 
when you got into the virtual queue online, I saw that you were put immediately into a random lottery with anyone who showed up into that virtual queue an hour before tickets went on sale. Once the start time for tickets going on sale turned over, you were given a random spot with a number. My number happened to be about 920, somewhere around that area. So you would think I would be safe. However, everyone who checks out is able to get tickets for two. So by the time my number was called and it recycled to the ticket page, preferred seats were sold out. So then I said to myself, all right, I'm not going to D23 Expo unless I'm invited as media. Long story short, I was invited as media, (laughs) Um, which was a real honor. Um, I was so thrilled to have that opportunity. I only found out about it uh, three weeks before Expo Day. I had no airline tickets. I had no hotel arrangements, no Disneyland tickets, literally nothing um, except that media pass. So I scrambled together instead of January 2022, late August of 2022 for the September 9th to 11th Expo. And fortunately, luck was on my side. I was able to get airline tickets for not that bad of a price um, and hotels, a hotel room right near the convention center. We'll talk about our resort. And um, that mm-hmm. was not necessarily in, uh, you know, not a cheap, <laughs> not a cheap price for the hotel. But you are staying and we did stay literally you know, from the at, at the lobby entrance to security for D23 Expo was 500 feet. And it was really, really close. Um, so really, the location was the the reason I had selected that place to stay. Um, should we talk about the Marriott? I feel like we, we both stay there. We had, sure. you know, two rooms in the Marriott. Um, how did you feel about the location, the the hotel? Like, how was the Marriott for you? And this is specifically, there's there's a few Marriott's in the area. This is the Anaheim Marriott, um, Marriott brand name, not the Westin, not the residence in. It is the Anaheim Marriott um, on Convention Way. So what did you um, think about that hotel experience in terms of staying there for D23? Actually, it was a breeze. I mean, um, the it was a very pleasurable experience the whole way through. So it was very easy to get our hotel room. Um, we were very lucky in that we actually had the 16th floor with a balcony that overlooked over where the convention was, which was fantastic. And the convenience alone is well worth it because like you said, it's literally 500 feet from where you go to essentially check in to get into the, into the expo and the convenience of that. You can sleep in a little bit longer in, in the morning before you go out for the day. And then if you want to take a break, for example, I know one of the things that, uh, my brother and I did was that there's food trucks that are out there and they usually do that for most of these conventions. Um, but they had this whole line of food trucks that were out in the front. And during lunchtime, uh, we go ahead and we get our food. And instead of trying to scramble to find seating, we just literally just take our food and go back to the hotel room. And just, we literally went out to the balcony and just enjoyed a very quiet and pleasurable lunch right then and there. And it was such a nice break from being on the floor, which it can be very, very exhausting, especially depending upon what kind of day that you have. So even just to go back and take like an hour or two nap and then just going back to the floor, it, it is so convenient to be able to do something like that. I I completely agree. In terms of staying there for the expo itself, it was 
a really it, it was the perfect location really the three hotels you want to look at there with a couple of others that are not that much farther but the the anaheim marriott the hilton that's right across the street on the other side of security and the newer hotel the westin which is closer to the front catella avenue entrance for security it those three hotels are literally attached to like right next to the convention center there were times that like to your point i was there at work and i put a hundred percent of myself into every moment every day of that expo so there were times where i wanted to take a break from the crowd from the environment just needed to recharge myself and my phone i'd hop back into the room i would spend 20 30 minutes by myself in a quiet room in my hotel room no distractions nobody around nice and cool and just refresh and then go back for the events at the expo there were times where i at night wanted to go back the expo closed every day at 7 p.m but i wanted dinner i would go back to my room order room service enjoy dinner by myself in my room again just to have that uh recharging time especially because i am an introvert i in order to thrive and make it through the day i do need time to be by myself um, or at least with just a couple of my family members um, in order to really recharge and get through the rest of the day so that was really valuable um obviously paying for the as i mentioned it was not cheap but you really do pay for the location around a convention so it's not just for d23 expo but any convention at the anaheim convention center there's going to be a higher rate um it's one of their real peak times in terms of pricing it's almost like trying to visit walt disney world during the week of christmas it's it's gonna cost you a little bit more because of the demand to stay so close to the expo or to any convention that's there um, and i will mention as a side note if you are planning to go to Disneyland, while it is close enough that you can walk there, it's, it, it is door to door 1.1 miles to get from the front entrance of the Anaheim Marriott to the front entrance of Disneyland. You're talking about, depending on your walking speed, anywhere from 20 to 25 minutes. You're walking through the streets of Anaheim on a map that looks really, really close. But when you really do clock it and map out where you have to walk, it is a 20 minute walk to get to Disneyland and back another 20 minutes. So if you're just doing Disneyland, I usually recommend either the Good Neighbor Hotels along South Harbor Boulevard, right across from the uh, entrance to Disneyland, or of course, staying on Disney property at one of the three Disneyland Resort hotels. But overall, Expo related, the Marriott was terrific. So I would definitely recommend anyone listening and- to check that out. Also, if you are on a budget, because obviously the Marriott and the Hilton uh, are definitely not going to be cheap during that time frame. So if you are working on a budget, fortunately, there are tons of selections for hotels in the area. I've I've done them before for many different conventions uh, that are at the Anaheim Convention Center. I've also done Airbnb before, which there's a ton of great locations around the area for that, too. And parking isn't actually that bad now. So um, used to be a little bit more challenging, but now... The convention center itself has its own parking garage now, which is fantastic. But then also you can park at the Anaheim Garden Walk, which is not that far away. It's about a five. It's about maybe like close to a 10 minute walk. It's not that terrible. And um, you can park. You can park there and then just walk across. 
or I've even seen uh, people do an Uber and just take the Uber over if they really wanted to. And ironically, still ends up being cheaper than trying to find parking close because these smaller parking lots, they can easily be like 40, 60, 80 dollars for a day. I mean, yeah. I've seen it that high. Um, but the Anaheim Garden Walk is usually, I think, around 20, I think. And I think the parking garage at the convention center itself is usually right around 20, 25, which is not terrible. So those are also options too. So if you are working within a budget um, that you're not able to do the Hilton Marriott, those are solid options as well. Great advice. I, not to be, I know we're being a little cryptic about pricing and things can change. Mike, I know that you and your brother ended up using your brother's Marriott points, which of course ends up being the best way to go if you have points saved up on a vacation or a trip like this. I paid full price, you know, um, the only, the only discount I got was the Marriott Bonvoy rate, which you, it's free to sign up for that. So it's not like I got any extra special perks for doing that. I didn't do the prepay option. I just paid at the end of my hotel stay with taxes and everything included. It was uh, about 500 a night. It was like $505 a night for on average for the hotel stay. I think the weekend was actually $600 a night. And then the weekdays were closer to five uh, four fifty a night somewhere around there um so that's ballpark similar to if you wanted to stay at walt disney world that would be the equivalent of staying at the yacht club beach club you know animal kingdom lodge standard view so you're looking at the a deluxe level pricing really you're paying for the location more than the room itself um but it was still a nice hotel few amenities one major restaurant a marketplace that serves starbucks coffee um, and again, location, location, location. That's the reason we selected that hotel to stay. Oh yeah. It, it, you're, you're paying for the location. I mean, it's also a gorgeous hotel, you know, so I loved it. Everything was nice, comfortable beds. Like everything about it was fantastic. Um, also real quick, I know we're tangenting on, on, on this a, l- a little bit here, but uh, I would like to say the elevators was really cool because they had it where you just type in the number and then it would just it would assign you an elevator to go to. So there's no buttons on the elevator. There's no nothing. There's just a keypad as you type in and it goes, oh, go to this elevator and then brings you up to that floor. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I've only seen it before at Grand Estino Tower at Disney's Coronado Springs Resort. That's the same exact idea, except there it's a touchscreen at Coronado Springs because it's newer, which is really cool. You just on your on the screen touch the number for your floor. This you like you said had to have a, enter a keypad, yeah, like the actual numbers on the keypad. Although the touchscreen did have lobby or lower level if you were on the upper floor. So mm-hmm. yeah, we digress a little bit on the elevator, but it is similar. If you stayed at Grand Estino Tower before, it's almost like the version 1.0 or Grand Estino Tower is a version 2.0 of the keypad system for the elevators on the outside. Um, Mike, I did want to highlight before we get into the showcase, two more quick topics. One that's maybe quicker than the other is things that have changed. You have been to multiple D23 expos. This was my first, and I know that they handle things a little differently this year. So do you want to talk a little bit about some of the differences between previous D23 expos and this one, and especially with regards to attending panels? That's a good question. Okay, so ironically, they actually did quite a bit of things similarly, but I will okay. tell you what I remember because honestly, it was been the last E23 I went to was about seven, eight years ago. 
you know, it was definitely early on in the, in D23. And there were a lot of things that they actually did keep the same that I especially that worked. Uh, so I'll try to think of the things that were different. Um, I will say this, believe it or not, I think it was less crowded than it was in the past. I believe so that. I remember the crowds being a lot, a lot more um, than it was beforehand. But I would say the one thing I do recall that I don't think was there before was that the badges themselves have RFID tags in them, which was extremely convenient. So when you go through security, all you there was a panel essentially that you just essentially uh, put your badge up to, and it recognizes not only that sh- what kind of pass that you have is it three day, is it just for Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, but that actually was also linked to your reservations for anything else that you have. So, for example, I can take that badge, and when I was waiting online, well, I, I'm sure we'll talk about this in a little bit later about uh, doing reserved seating for the for Hall D23, but when you go to uh to your res- for your res- reserve seating for hall d23 all you have to do is just put up your badge and it, it recognizes the fact that you have that reservation so that was very seamless and was very very convenient i don't remember them doing that before so uh that was fantastic i'm trying to think of other things uh the way that they managed hall d23 was similar to what i remember before so for the Anaheim Convention Center, for anybody who's never been there before, is that there's the main floor, there's uh, two floors above that, there is uh, a there's a basically like an annex, if you will, that goes across a bridge that goes across to a north building that's relatively new, and then in the main convention center, there's also the basement, or what we like to call just the basement, and it is just basically a basement where there's usually a lot of vendors down there. And for this, and they did this uh, the last time I went as well, is that's where they essentially line up the queue for Hall D23. And they do a fantastic job organizing it. I mean, this is a, a prime example of line management, let me tell you. So they have each section broken down and basically you choose which section you want to be in. And then they have three different ways of going upstairs into what they blocked off in the convention as essentially the hall. And that was done beautifully. Like kudos to Disney on that front because they did a really fantastic job of, of keeping that organized. And we're talking about, I don't know if you know this or not, of how many seats were actually in Hall D23, but at least it's it was about probably at least se- close to four to 6,000. Yeah, it's actually, I think, 7,500. 7,500. Yeah. So that is a lot of people that you have to manage. So kudos to them on that front and that i remember that being very well organized as well when i went but this seemed really fine-tuned so i would say that was a, a huge benefit and i'm trying to remember if there was anything else um that was different um oh the virtual queues uh for shopping that was new too um which i thought was actually a good call i think that was a very fair way of doing things instead of having people waiting on these extremely long lines and they just basically they, you can tell they took a lot of things that they've been using in the parks for years and then incorporating it into the expo. And I really appreciate that. I was like, oh, I mean, literally, we used the Disneyland app. Like, it was literally the Disneyland app virtual queue that we used for shopping. Yeah, I did virtual queues a couple of times. It was relatively simple to get a spot. We're not talking about the stress of trying to get a virtual queue for guardians of the galaxy cosmic rewind where you're it's gone in 10 seconds this was a little more stress-free even i did the one o'clock in the afternoon 
virtual queue one day. They had a 6 a.m. and a 1 p.m. every day. I did the 1 p.m. It told me my time. And this was for Mickey's of Glendale, which is my favorite of the shop options. There's a little more Imagineering stuff. It's it's really exclusive merchandise you can only get there. And at 1 p.m., I got a virtual group that it said my callback was going to be in 65 minutes. I got called back in five. <laughs> Almost immediately, I'm like, oh, this must be a mistake. No, it's my time to go back. And then much like any line you would experience with a virtual queue, you then have to get into the sort of standby line. They check the code that's on your Disneyland app, scan you in, kind of mark you off that you've arrived. And then for me, it was about 10 minutes for each each time I did that. I did that twice. And then um, same so about, it, wasn't, same, it wasn't terrible. Same with me. Yeah, same with us too. And uh i think for even for mickey's of glendale i think there was there was zero line like we just they just checked us in and off we went so we got lucky in that one and then i think for a couple of the other ones we had to wait and on like a i think it looks like a very long line but honestly they moved pretty quickly so you know five to ten minutes tops is usually what we end up waiting for to get inside yeah well let's talk about some tips and strategies for people who are planning to attend d23 expo in the future there were two things that I did not expect about D23 Expo. One was the size. It was I knew it was a large convention center, but it was even bigger than I thought it was. A, a really big convention center. We're talking about a, a solid five-minute walk from one side to the other. If you're at Hall D23 and you want to get to North Hall on the second floor, it's an easy five-minute walk. Um, it's and that's walking at a good speed. It, it, you know, you really have to give yourself time to get from one side to the other. And the expo um, show floor was, I, I said it had to be three Costco's. It was like so much bigger than I thought it was going to be. And Mike, you told me about it. You said it's big. I didn't believe, it's not that I didn't believe you, but I didn't know quite how big you meant. And just seeing that those um, those three halls paired together were like, I'm t I mean, literally, like if you put three Costco's together, that's how much show floor space there was outside of the panels. And then the other thing I didn't expect besides the size of the convention was how literally impossible it is to see everything. I mean, it is it is literally impossible because there are times that there are almost any given time. There's four panels happening at once. I counted. They had 61 panels and showcases listed on the three days. Um and that doesn't include the live shows that happen on the show floor and any other meet and greets, book signings. It's it's literally impossible to do anything, which is why, especially if you're media, as a one-man team, I did not report on everything, nor did I expect to. And only there were there were media teams that, I mean, that we're talking about major publications where they had 20 or 30 people who were there, um, which is what you need to see everything. Um, anyway... Uh, Mike, you've done this more times and you've also attended events like Comic-Con, um, you know, South by Southwest. You've attended so many major conventions. Um, so what are some you, you gave me some great strategies that I did take to heart, things like making sure there were snacks. I brought a refillable water bottle. I use that a lot. Um, there are refillable water stations for specifically water bottles throughout the uh, the convention. And I will say for those of you who are picky about the taste of water, it is filtered and it actually did taste refreshing and didn't have any like weird um, mineral taste to it. it. It did have a very pure taste to it, which was 
great. So I was happy with refilling my water with the uh, the filtered refillable water. But otherwise, Mike, what are some of the strategies you usually or tips you usually give to people for if it's their first time attending or the first time attending a convention like this in a while? Number one thing is to think about there's there's a couple of things. One is this is if especially if you're going for multiple days, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And you got to pace yourself. So because like you said, it is impossible for a convention that size to see everything that you're going to want to see. So knowing full well it's a marathon, take breaks. It's okay to take breaks. It's okay to miss some things. You have to prioritize what you would like to see. Number two is you got to take care of yourself. So which kind of goes in hand with the marathon, but more specifically, hydrate, 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 hydrate. I cannot express that enough. You want to make sure, you know, again, like you said, Matt, fortunately at the Anaheim Convention Center, there are refillable water stations, which are fantastic. So you don't have to necessarily, you know, buy a whole bunch of water bottles or anything like that. Uh, But you want to keep yourself hydrated and you want to make sure that you're eating. You want, you know, bring snacks, healthy snacks with you. They allow you to bring those those things inside the convention center. Make sure you have lunch. Make sure you have breakfast. Make sure that you're taking care of yourself. I have a regiment that I do every day where in the evening I'll do uh, coconut water. So it keeps myself hydrated. And then in the morning, I'll, I specifically do use uh, emergency, but you can do like airborne or anything that is an immune booster uh, for the morning. Because there's a common phrase that we like to use. It's called con, uh, con crud. And con crud basically means you get sick because there are literally tens of thousands of people that are there. So if you are not taking care of yourself, I guarantee you, you will get sick. That's happened to me multiple times because I didn't do that. I overextended myself. I ran around, forgot to eat, forgot to drink. I was exhausted doing all these things. And then sure enough, next day I got something and then I'm out for the whole day. And you, you ruined an entire day because of it or multiple days. So I, this happened to me at South by Southwest. It happened to me some at some industry conventions before. So you don't want to, you want to ruin the experience because of that. So take care of yourself, take breaks. Make sure that you're eating. Make sure that you're keeping yourself hydrated. I cannot stress that enough. I do. Uh, I was against bringing backpacks before. I've changed my mind over the years, and now I can't see myself not bringing a backpack that has all of my essentials in there that I have with me at all times. So that is my biggest piece of advice for preparing for any kind of convention of this large size. And then, like you said, Matt, when it comes to uh, preparing you cannot see everything. So you definitely aren't going to prioritize, but on top of that too, you have to have some sort of flexibility within your schedule because things might go longer. Things might get canceled. Um, Chances are things will always be longer. Whatever you think is going to be the line, chances are it might end up being a lot longer or it might be super short. So you want to have built in that flexibility or there are things that might come up that you had no idea even existed that you wanted to experience. So be aware that, it's good to have a plan, but be but be willing to be flexible on your plan. What I usually like to do is I look at the schedule and I just mark, uh, you, usually in the apps, they'll allow you to favorite different panels or book signings or anything along those lines. I'll just go ahead and just favorite everything that I'm interested in. It doesn't mean I'm going to do all of it. And chances are, I'll probably do one or two, if that. 
but at least I have it there. So if now we have time that we're like, oh, well, what's going on right now? We can check and see, oh, well, there's this panel that's kind of coming up soon. Okay, cool. Let's go to that. Or this is coming up. Do you want to do this? And like, okay, cool. Or I'm really hungry. Oh yeah, that's right. We should probably have lunch now. I'm just going to grab lunch. So this way I always know what's going on. So I'm not missing anything, but it's okay to miss those things too. Really great advice, Mike. And I will piggyback on a couple of things. Backpack, definitely, yes. It came in handy for me so many times. I had also a good thing to bring with you, portable charger, especially if you're planning to use your phone to document what's happening. Yep. It is Your battery's going to die fast. I charge my phone about twice a day on the portable charger and then overnight <laughs> and then charge my portable charger overnight. Um, but of course, going as media, I'm of course going to be using my phone more than the average person. And I did, to your point, also have a schedule hour by hour or half hour by half hour marked off for myself, but I detracted from that schedule on several occasions. In fact, we'll talk about going and we'll go into this in a minute, the day by day uh, favorites that we had. I had planned to attend the studio showcase day one, which was the Disney and Pixar panel with all the upcoming announcements for Disney and Pixar. I had decided the marathon uh, sort of mentality to skip it. And instead, knowing that all the information would be reported and I could go back and sort of secondhand report on what we learned, I would instead walk the show floor in a less, slightly less crowded um, show floor because when Hall D23 is full, the show floor tends to be not empty, but certainly not crowded, somewhere around moderate crowds. It's not really empty until towards the end of the day. And even that first day, um, I arrived on Thursday, I flew in. I arrived in LAX at 12 p.m. I had decided to go to Disneyland that day. It was really the only day I had to go to Disneyland. I took my time getting to Disneyland. I didn't get there until 2.30 p.m. I had planned to stay until 9. I decided to leave at 6 because I was already exhausted knowing that the next three days I'd have to be on my A-game I did nothing in the evenings except the last evening. I treated myself to dinner with a couple of friends. Um, otherwise, it was quick dinners in bed at 9 p.m. Just about every single night. Um, the last thing I'll add, Mike, that I also didn't really... I, I had thought ahead, fortunately, and packed this for myself, but didn't actually bring it with me to the convention the first day, is to dress in layers because the especially that time of year in August, September, Anaheim is pretty hot, and we happen to be there in a heat wave so it was 100 plus degrees outside, but inside the convention center, especially Hall D23, they freeze it um, because there's so many people, there's a lot of equipment. So it's almost like going to a live studio filming of a show. If you've been in a live studio audience before, you know the room is freezing. So I actually did bring a sort of light sweatshirt with me to wear inside the convention center when it got too cold. So that also, in terms of thinking ahead and planning, make sure even if you are going to D23 Expo in August, it's the summer, I know, bring a sweatshirt because it does get pretty cold in the convention center for some of the panels. You know, I didn't, I actually didn't think about bringing that for that. I, and that was a funny thing because I was inside and I was like, look at my brother, like, okay, am I getting sick here? Why am I shivering so much? Why is it so cold? And I forgot that they do that. So yeah, that, that was actually one thing that I did not remember to do. And I was even thinking to myself, do I need to bring a jacket? I'm like, nah, 
like it's we're gonna be inside for most of the time so even if it rains or something like that it's not gonna be that big of a deal and it's gonna be it's gonna be a scorcher anyway because like you said it was during a heat wave so i was like yeah i don't need to bring a jacket i mean in retrospect did i really need it it would have been nice uh i didn't like i was okay once i realized it was just freezing i just accepted that fact and you know you're only inside the the hall for like a couple you know two hours maybe at most so Wow. You know, to me, to me, it wasn't that big of a deal. But for some people, if you if you don't want to be freezing, I do agree with you. Probably bringing like even like a light jacket probably would help. Yeah, it was very helpful. And some of the panels are three hours, which we'll talk about. Um, yeah, we'll talk about not intentionally. <laughs> let's not um, intentionally. Yeah, so let's let's talk about let's transition um, sort of second half of this conversation. Like I said. I- And with that, we close out episode 144 of the Imagineer podcast. I hope you enjoyed part one of our D23 Expo discussion, and I hope it gave you some ideas for things you can expect if you attend D23 Expo in the future and gave you some more incentive if you've really thought about it but never taken the trip to D23 Expo. I hope it gave you more of an incentive to attend the event in the future. Of course, I want to turn this conversation over to you and hear if you have attended D23 Expo in the past, what other advice or strategies you would offer about attending the Expo for people who haven't attended before. And if you're someone who hasn't attended D23 Expo before, what did you enjoy most about the live stream experience or from the reporting you heard from D23 Expo after the event? You can send your answers and feedback in so many different ways. Of course, the easiest way is to reach out on social media at Imagine Your Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn, or on Twitter at Imagine Your News. Plus, you can join our Facebook group, The Imagination, also called the Imagineer Podcast Disney Fan Community, where you can connect with me and other listeners of this community. So it's more of a conversation if you don't just want to send answers, but see what other people have to say about this topic and all things Disney. Such a great place to connect with other members of this community. And look forward to part two, by the way. I should tease out that the next episode, we're going to talk more specifically about the showcases, the panels, and the event itself for D23 Expo 2022. So great segue. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast, whether you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Music, or any other podcast app. That'll ensure that you're the first to know when new podcast episodes become available, including part two of this two-part series. And if you have a moment to leave us a rating and a review in the Apple Podcast Store or over on Spotify, that does a lot to help this community out. We've maintained a 4.9 out of 5 on Apple Podcasts, thanks to all of you, and actually a 5.0 out of 5 on Spotify. So thanks to all of you who have rated the and reviewed the show um, and have had such wonderful words to say. I do read each and every review that comes through and it lets others know what they can expect if they subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to take your love of Imagine Your Podcast to the next level, definitely look into our Patreon group, which is over at patreon.com 
slash Imagineer podcast. That's a way that you can help to support the show financially and in return, unlock exclusive content, including bonus podcast episodes, a private Facebook community. We do private virtual events, weekly Disney Plus watch parties, early access to some special events. Um, We have binaural audio that you can stream Anytime you like um, audio that I've recorded from the parks, which is one of my favorite benefits and one of our members as a whole, one of their favorite benefits for being a part of this community. And I have narrowed the tiers. If you've listened to the show before, there's now just one membership option available. Um, I was able to create more value and give you more content for less by narrowing everything down to just one category. Um, So you can learn more about what's currently available. Again, uh, terms and conditions are subject to change. So just head to patreon.com slash Imagineer podcast to learn more. Thanks as always to all of our amazing Patreon members over at Imagineer podcast. And if you are ready to plan a trip to Disneyland, it could even be for D23 Expo, although we're a little far out from that one, uh, or Walt Disney World, Disney Cruise Line, Aulani, or any other Disney destination, you'll want to work with our travel partner, Magical Park Vacations. It's, as many agencies are, a complimentary service, but it's an incredible team of people that can really help to plan out and book your next Disney vacation, work within your budget, help you to be aware of discounts that become available, including after your trip discount becomes available they can go in and automatically apply it helping to save you money on your next disney vacation and so much more you can learn more about them at magicalparkvacations.com and their sister companies including wdw park planners over at wdwparkplanners.com which is a concierge planning service it's a premium service that's offered where they can will and they will help to plan out a custom itinerary day by day for your family Uh, take on the ownership of a lot of steps that are involved with your Disney vacation and their concierge planning team will be available on your Disney vacation. If questions arise, you can call them um, or text them questions, email them, and they'll answer on the spot with a, you know, answers to your questions. And even in the case of our last, last Disney vacation, they were chatting with cast members on the app for me, um, which really helped to save me time and enjoy more time with my family. Um, there's so much more that's available through WDW Park Planners. And again, you can learn more about them at wdwparkplanners.com. And I'll quickly plug, because I've talked about them in the past, to work with their and check out their in-person touring company, which is Magical Park Tours. You can learn more about them at magicalparktours.com. They are amazing. I personally use them. Such an incredible service. So want to look at them or encourage you to, to look into them over at magicalparktours.com. Last but not least, as always, I want you to always keep your eyes on the future, much like Disney does at D23 Expo, and go after whatever your hopes and dreams might be. Take those action steps today. If you're listening, if you're on the fence, hop over the fence. Take that first step today to making your dreams come true. And remember, as always, that inspiring quote from Horizons. If you can dream it, you can do it. Thank you so much again for listening to the show, and we'll see you again in a future episode of the Imagineer Podcast.
Walt Disney World Resort, for the world's most magical celebration, every moment is amazing, the joy is never-ending, and the memories last a lifetime. Because when you celebrate with us, nothing could be more magical. Contact Magical Park Vacations to book your Walt Disney World Resort vacation today. Call 585-662-3686 or visit MagicalParkVacations.com.